welcome back to the NRFB podcast. I'm gathered here again with One Brain Cells, Two Bodies podcast featuring Angel and Kainoa. Say hi, you all. Hello. Yo. Okay. <laughs> so today we are gathered back again to talk about college, but on a different level, I guess. Before we talked about our college experiences and things like that, today we're going to talk about basically, does the college you go to actually matter? Like in the grand scheme of things, does Ooh. it actually matter? So, Sounds hard hitting. Because <laughs> um, like it's been, a, it's been like a people. big topic recently because Ivy decisions came out and people were talking about how, you know, kids are like busting their butts to get rejected from Ivy schools when they could easily go to another school. So mm-hmm. point blank, what do y'all think? Do you think it matters or not? Yes and no. Angel? Also, yes and no. I think, okay. Do I think it matters on a reputation basis? Not really, because at the end of the day, in most careers, well, okay, I guess it depends on the career you're going to, but reputation is only going to take you so far. Learn the yeah. material and get some experience, and that'll fare you much better than whatever school is on your, <laughs> whatever school you got your degree from, as long as it's an accredited university. I think what matters about the school you go to is like the overall experience for college because yes you go to college to like get an education and that's like that should be one of your main focuses but I think that for a lot of people college is like one of those like key developmental stages where you like you know you learn about yourself you make your first set of adultish friends and you figure out like more about who you are because realistically in high school there ain't a whole lot of time for rooming and growing you don't get a whole lot of grow- growing in high school. Like, some people do, I guess, but there's only, like, so much free time you have because your classes are pretty much dictated for you. In college, you get to take courses just because you're interested in them if you'd like to. Um, more of an opportunity to, like, figure out who you are as a person. So I think that you should pick a college based on, like, the overall experience that you hope to get out of it and less so based on, like, the reputation for the school because you think it'll help you when you want to get a job. Right. Also, like, I'm just going to kind of go, I'm just going to kind of like take it here and like say that like reputation also serves certain groups of people more than others. (laughs) So like, you know, for example, like, let's say you are a first generation college student who is like a queer person of color and that's you a lot did, of barriers kind of <laughs> yeah and you get accepted into harvard right you're paying like let's say maybe like obviously like when you have those kind of barriers and stuff like that there are some opportunities for like scholarship and whatnot but like also we know how ivy leagues work we know that like nepotism plays a big role in like so like your experience is going to be a lot different than like Sarah Smithington, whose father and grandfather and great grandfather and great great grandfather <laughs> to Harvard for the so like and grandfather's a like, no, benefactor. No, literally, yeah, and your grandfather is paying half of the school's fees, like <laughs> for everything that it needs. Your grandpa's keeping like so the obviously. On. <laughs> yeah, literally, like your family is making sure that Harvard's rent is paid. So, like you know. Sarah's experience is going to be a lot different than yours as somebody who's going to Harvard with no connections. So like when it comes to Ivies and like prestigious universities like that, we know that connections play a big factor into that. So like, you know, if you're a first generation queer student of color who's going to Harvard, like you're going to accrue like tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to go to these super expensive Ivies and like, you know, to what exactly you know like major in like get your undergrad degree in something and then like have like a whole bunch of debt because you went to a school for its name you know oh that's like, another thing I wanted to bring up sorry I'll let you finish this some is I, yeah like some of these schools are like better for graduate school anyway that's so like that's something <laughs> yeah so like that's something to keep in mind like I really do think that maybe you should focus on like when you're in your undergrad I think it's important to like have fun make experiences and like like, make good experiences and, like, go to a school that, like, serves you, like, serves you, like, emotionally and financially, and then, like, grad school, like, you You know, know, like, they say on the application, look for a a well-rounded university. 
<laughs> yeah, like, so it's like, you know, you're not going to get the same experience as somebody who's like family, like, who's like family has their pockets in the school, you know, like. Yeah, I would argue, like, I'm going to say a, like a full no. And if mm-hmm. you want to have a debate about this, like, I will gladly do it. But I realized that no matter where you go, you're either going to run into like, and being able to see my parents also like navigate their jobs from like a a home setting because of the pandemic and everything. It's literally less about where you went and who you know. And I feel like no matter where you go, if you meet the right chain of people, you will end up where you want to with regardless of your education. Because I've seen like, there's so many examples, even with like my dad's job currently, mm-hmm. where there's people who are above him or people who are getting at the same level of him as him just because they're friends with so-and-so or like they did this in like middle school and they know this person so I would honestly say like you could go to a community college for two years in only two years and if Mm -hmm. you meet someone who can like squeeze you in a job and like not have to check your resume or anything like that and be able to make a living then it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter where you went to school because no one cares after a certain point Mm -hmm. I agree and then also like Literally, let's take, for example, like, you're getting a BA in sociology, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you go to, it doesn't matter if you go to, like, Southern New Hampshire University online, or you go to (laughs) Princeton University in person for four years, you know? Like, it's still a BA in sociology. And, like, both of you are going to be looking for, like, entry-level jobs in the same field in the same places. And you're going to have the exact same qualifications. So, like, the best I especially thing that you think you can do. That, Sorry. Yeah. I just I especially think that if you're really only looking to go to undergrad, like, go to a school that you're going to like. Don't go because you think that the name looks good or, like, you think that, like, you know, like. And I think that a lot of people who go to, like, Ivy's for, and I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to knock people who go to Ivy's for undergrad because a lot of people have good reasons for it. But like, I think a lot of people who go to really prestigious schools for undergrad convince themselves that they're going, that they like the school and they like the community. But it's also like, we know that the driving force, yeah, we know that the driving force is because you want to go to a school that has a good name. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. But like, I think it's really important to evaluate how, important that reputation is and that name is and how far that's really going to take you given your individual circumstances yeah you know? especially since if you everyone don't have the scholarships those... if you don't have the money like if you don't have the way to like pay, especially ivy ivy league schools are so <laughs> on expensive like, <laughs> has a lot it's really to just, say kind of was a lot i just don't say. think that it's cost effective <laughs> like to be honest like i just i don't think that it's worth it to spend the amount of money that you have to spend to go to a school like that's that expensive if like you're not going to get more out of it to a cheaper school for the same thing you know like because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is like you're not necessarily going to get more out of your like BA in sociology just because you went to Princeton for it like yeah especially since a lot of the times like you know those YouTube videos of like interviewing colleges like Harvard students about their GPA or how they got into Harvard all the kids at Harvard, like, hate Harvard. And all the kids at, like, the Ivy League schools have, like, extreme anxiety and extreme trouble, like, focusing and doing the work. And they have performance anxiety. Yeah. And it's, like, you struggle and cry yourself to sleep every night going to this Ivy League school when you could be, like, doing a lot more extracurriculars, having friends, going out to party, like, enjoying your early 20s and going to, like, a state school yeah. and saving money. And the school isn't doing anything to help you. Like, they're just like, yeah, well, Harvard doesn't care. welcome to Harvard. <laughs> or that's just, I mean, that's my 87 cents on it. But like, More yeah. like $2 worth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's parts of it. But like, I think that going, the school that you go to does matter because I think it's important that you pick a school that you're going to have a positive experience at. But I don't think that it matters the way that people think that it matters, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think that it really matters if you go to a school that has, like, a big name. Because also, like, again, bringing up, like, the circumstance of, like, a first-generation, like, queer person of color. Because, I mean, that's what I am. Like, (laughs) Like, why would I go to a university like that if I don't have any connections there, you know? And I don't have, like... And let's say I go there and like, you know, a whole bunch of people there, like they're going to be like, literally my father invented Pop-Tarts. And then you're sitting also, there. and sorry, like, side note, parent, this is unrelated, yeah. but you have, 
I have lost all of the thoughts I was going to say. Most Ivy League schools are in the middle of nowhere. There's no Notre Dame is in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, like there's a couple, like let's say Columbia, right? Columbia is in New York City, so that's an exception. And like Harvard is in like Boston, so that's another exception. Harvard is in an icicle, though. Yeah, like most of them are like super. Like I think that's the other thing that's really ironic. Like a lot of people don't know that the Ivy League is literally just an athletic conference. It's mostly private schools and the University of Pennsylvania. They just happen to all be like private schools that are good. Also, like not to be out of pocket or whatever, but like the most most of the Ivy Leagues were literally built using slave labor. So I just I don't think ain't that the ain't that the case with pretty much everything in this country. A lot of them, yep, a whole (laughs) lot of them. Um, when I was like looking at colleges i don't know my my mom just had a lot of faith in me she was like let's tour georgetown for lacrosse and see if you can get a recruitment for lacrosse and i was like okay yeah sure whatever like fine (laughs) knowing Mm -hmm. i'm not going to there's no way but there's a rule at georgetown where if you can prove that your ancestors are one of the slaves that built the college you go there for free but like you have to go through like this extensive process yeah at first i heard it and i was like what and of course, the process is probably like very strenuous, so you can't go there for free, so you can't prove it. And also, Georgetown admits like thirteen people a year. But I did think that yeah. was interesting. That that's like, such a you can. It's like their version of reparations, I guess. <laughs> I just really think that if you're black, you should be able to go there for free because we all know exactly. Okay. Like, anyway. are you gonna acknowledge that slaves built your school and then like tell black people they have to go through even more work just to go there for free? Like, just no, literally, <laughs> you should go to a school that makes you happy. And you should not go to a school that you think will look good to other people. Tumi, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I spoke first. I said, I said some of the stuff that he said near the end. I think you need to pick a school based on, like, everything else. Like, reputation is, like, the last thing you should be worried about. Because in most cases, it won't matter. I think the best, like, thing you can do for yourself while you're, like, in school as far as, like, getting help like getting a job after college is to like do internships make connections while you're in school with like potential companies that you could work with or work for because then they will be willing to help you when you graduate and are looking for a job other thing a lot of like I think the only time where like like for undergrad not gonna hold you reputation literally doesn't mean anything it won't do you any good in the long run because unless like the only thing that matters, it might look good if you're going to certain grad schools to go to a specific undergrad, but I don't think they care that much either. Um, neither does law know. school, yeah. You said what? Um, neither does law school. You can go to any college in any major and they'll still let you in if you pass the LSAT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For like, If you're going to most grad schools, it's all about your like application. If you're doing med school or law school, you pass the exams. They should, in theory, just let you do it. Um, so, I, like, a lot of them aren't checking for your, like, undergrad, like, school's reputation. And, like, grad school, I guess, reputation can matter a little bit more. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think the only time that your grad school reputation matters that much is oh, if you plan to, like, be a professor. Because in that case, yeah, they usually want you. you to either have gone to that school or a school with a better, like, program. Yeah. Um, other than that, it really doesn't matter, guys. Pick a school that you think you're going to enjoy, where you can, like, have a life. Because, like I said when I first said, when I first was talking, and like I know I said at the end of his rant, college is a good, like, it's, a, it's an important developmental part of your life for most people. You're going to learn a lot about yourself while you're in college. You'll make your first set of, like, adult friends that you're making because you have similar interests and not because you're together six hours a day you learn a lot about yourself and about your like patterns and about the people around you and like the people you connect better with you learn a lot about different cultures and people from different walks of life in college so pick a college that's like more than its reputation um yeah and i'd also go as far to say because have y'all seen varsity blues on netflix the documentary No. no okay oh my god it's so good so I would argue to say also that a lot of the prestigious like Ivy Leagues or top public universities, like UCLA is like a public university, I'm pretty sure. Like a lot of the top public universities like that who have that reputation aren't even doing the like the reputation marketing themselves. It's all the outside forces doing it for them. It's like publishers, it's students. It's like all this other work that people who aren't even in the university are like perpetuating about them. Mm -hmm. So the university just gets to collect all of this like 
street cred, I guess, and money yeah. for doing and revenue. Yeah. This one guy was like, they showed literally like a clip of like all these kids crying because they didn't get into like Ivy Leagues and everything. And this guy was like, if a kid wants to go to college and has, let's say you have like a 2.8 to like a 3.5, you can get into any college you want to. He's like, the problem that no one gets into college is because everyone's applying to the same three colleges. So of course no one's getting in. But he was like, if you just yeah. apply to a college that, you know, maybe not a lot of people know about or that is close to you, a lot more kids would be getting to college and a lot more kids would be having these opportunities. If you go, like, let's say you go to Harvard or you go to Yale and you, like, want to go there to gain scholarships and to gain, like, internships, you can't go to that school without a nepotism, like, connection. Yeah. Like, because you're not going to get an internship if someone's father can hand it to them. Like, you're not going to get any connections that way. You'll just be paying a lot of money to be by yourself. And yeah. you can do that at a state school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can do that anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Why not go to a school that you know, like, caters to people who are like you? Because there are schools that have high demographics of first-generation college students. There are schools that have, like, high demographics of, like, students of color. And those schools have the resources to cater towards people like that. Why go to, like... Why would you choose to go to an environment where you're going to be, like, singled out? And that's that's what I'm saying, like, with the external publicity that they give. It's also, like, the parents are, like, pushing it as well. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... It's, like, I don't think parents... Because I always tell my mom, like, when scholarships were happening in high school, she'd be like, just apply to, like... 50 scholarships a day just apply to scholarships like there's so many scholarships out there and I'm like when you were going to college you sent in an application you got it and you paid like $200 and you were off like it's not the same anymore like there's so much more that goes through and I think that I think that like our parents generation have this like skewed idea depending on their background of course but like of how college works and how people get into college because like to hear my mom just nonchalantly say if you apply to 100 scholarships like every two weeks like you're bound to get some and I was like, I just applied to 50 and I got zero. Yeah, because she was watching all these videos of people who would like sit down and apply to like 100 scholarships a month. And she was like, all you got to do is just do that. And I would sit down and apply to like 50 and I got zero. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think they understand like how competitive things are now. Yeah. So they try and push like this Ivy League narrative on their children to help them compete in like this new era of jobs and internships. But if you're sending like, you know, a first gen kid into Harvard, where like, I'm sure there are a lot of first generation kids there. But if you're sending them into this bubble of, like, rich white kids who have, like, a CEO position secured whether they graduate or not, like, you're not going to get the connections you think you're going to get. Like, you're going to be on the same playing field you were before you went. Yeah, they're like, yeah, my parents actually, like, you know, my dad is the CEO of Chase Bank. So, like, he wants me to work for the company or whatever. But, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I really just want to, like, live life out on the grid and stuff like that. So... (laughs) I'm like, okay, bestie, but your dad is paying all of your tuition for you to, like, come here and get a degree in, like, general studies because like, you want to, like, do something. whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, okay, I guess. Like, and then, you know, there's students there who, like, literally have had to fight tooth and nail since they were, like, in second grade to secure this. But, like, at any rate. Yeah, I think I would, like, give almost anything to be able to have, like, the application process that my parents were able to have and for the tuition they were able to. Like, when I, my mom and dad applied to, I don't know about my dad, but my mom applied to one school, got mm-hmm. in, and they went. And and it was, an H, it was Hampton, so it was an HBCU, so I don't really know, like, how competitive it was back then, but, like, Hampton was one of, like, the more bumping HBCUs in, like, the 80s and stuff. So it's like the fact that they not you just saying bumping and eighties. That was so funny. It, once I start talking about Hampton, like a part of me just morphs into lovely someone from Press, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't know, not Fresh Prince. It's like the way that she filled out like two pieces of paper that were sent to her in the mail in pencil, sent it back in, and then two weeks later she was on a bus. Like, I don't, like, I just wish it was the same now. Like, I feel like people yeah. have overcomplicated something that was working before. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if they were able to go to college, get jobs, or like make, a, make at least like a living for themselves, even before children, with that process, and why has it become so much more overcomplicated if that was working? This country ain't right. about keeping things working. <laughs> and maybe that's something, like, economically I'm not, like, touching on or I don't understand. But I do think that, like, it was overcomplicated for no reason. Employers started, like, requiring higher education, which means that the standards were higher for getting into college. 
So like it was kind of just like a trickle down effect, which means now that college is in higher demand, it's more expensive. And yeah, so it's just all over the place. And like, it's a ripple effect and a trickle down effect of mess. And well, now it's like a college degree is basically a high school diploma at this point. Like by the time I graduate yeah. college, it's not going to be enough. Like I'm going to have to have another degree or something to keep me competitive in the field I want to go into, which I think is ridiculous. Yep, it is. And sure is. I am very frustrated with all of we, it. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we are we yeah. hearing you. Like, I think the other thing, something that a lot of people don't know about is uh-huh. like, even still now, like um, people who are in like older generations, like senior citizens and stuff like that, who are like 60, stuff like that, who want to go back to school. They actually, a lot of schools give them like severely discounted tuition, like tuition, like at the rates that they were like, <laughs> that they could have had if they went to school, like back when they were young. Not um, like Not a $6 so they give, tuition. Not yeah, $6. they give them like discounted tuition and um, it's ridiculous. Like it's crazy because it's like, okay, so you can give people these opportunities, but the choice is to not give them to people who like I guess kind of like need a degree maybe more urgently for like getting themselves established if Mr. Robertson down the street wants to go back to school like a lot of times like people who are like a lot older have already lived life and they're doing like education just because they want to learn something new so like they don't necessarily need it to have a job and whatnot you know so like the schools are like okay yeah you can come to our school for a thousand dollars a year like <laughs> yeah that's similar to like the sat being proved absolutely pointless and worthless by college board during the pandemic like when people realized that colleges were like scratching it from the application process everyone was kind of like okay so why did i have to pay tutors and why did i do this if it doesn't even matter at the end of the day like if you're able to just get rid of it just like that it wasn't that dire as we thought it was yeah, everything's nope, arbitrary never was <laughs> yeah it's literally, it's literally just performing for the school and they choose whoever had the most impressive performance. I think people <laughs> should be able to get into college. I feel like if you write an essay on something, and this is obviously an insane idea, but I do think it would lang- like level the playing field like so often. Like it would just like level it to the point where it's like flat. If you write, whatever you write your essay on in college, like your interest essay, if you can't sit there and talk about it for 10 minutes, then you can't get into the school. <laughs> It's literally because there's one college that does video applications, like, and that's it. I forgot what it's called, but my mom found it. It like went viral a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and their college application process was just a video application of the students talking for like ten minutes, like looking straight into the camera, no notes or anything about what they wrote their essay on, and depending on like how well you were able to do that, depended on like if you got in or not. Like, it, of course, with your grades too, but it was more so like, are you actually passionate about what you're? writing about like are you actually going to contribute to the school or are you just like a 4.0 student and I feel like all colleges should do that because colleges preach this whole we want well-rounded students we want students who are like advocates and citizens or like model citizens and things like that and I'm like okay if that's what you care about then why are you requiring me to have like a 1600 SAT score because that doesn't represent my citizen diplomacy you know what I'm saying yeah Mm -hmm. and it doesn't represent like my passion for what I want to study it doesn't represent like my drive or like my desire to learn more you know yeah like what is my ACT what if my score, score is low like yeah I said I want to learn more what else exactly like I'm sitting here filling out the application isn't that drive enough <laughs> <laughs> isn't that proof enough that like I want to go to college and I want to learn right. speaking of wanting to go to college and kind of I know you were waiting to talk about this mm-hmm. how do y'all feel on people who apply to like 70 schools and when they get into all of them, not even decide on where they're going, but when they get into all of them, post it on Twitter with like an infographic. How do you feel about that? Not an infographic. I really just don't think that there's any point in applying to more than 10 colleges. I'm just going to say that like period, point blank, there's no point. Because at the end of the day, you have to choose one school. There is no point. And the reason why people apply to more than 10 colleges and they advertise it and they like celebrate it is literally just why. I don't care what anybody says. It's literally just to rub it in everyone else's face. No nuance. There isn't nuance mm-hmm. because on Twitter, people try to make it nuanced. People, because the, the exact photo that we're talking about, and Angel, I don't know if you've seen it, 
it was literally like this black girl in like a red suit sitting on a stool. Yeah, I see. Yeah. That. And people were like, y'all just hate black women and their success. And I was like, if we take her being black out of it and replace it with like anyone else, like, or just let's replace it with like a balloon. It's still the fact that it's still like the principle of why did this person apply to 50 plus colleges? Do you realize that's like a whole semesters of tuition at some institutions? All the application fees? Literally. And I know people get waivers. You still only only get to go to one school. (laughs) You still only get one. So It's literally like, and the worst part about it is when people tried to make it about like people hating on black people, I was like, Okay, but do y'all understand that this girl had to apply to these schools, sit on her computer, and make this logo, and then post it of herself? Like, she did that. And she thought, I'm going to show everyone that I got into 50 schools. And she hasn't even decided where she's going yet. It's like the process of her sitting at her computer and editing that. Like, there's only one reason she did that, like Hannah was said, and it's to flex. Like, it's not black girl magic. She just wanted to flex. (laughs) Like I just like that. Uh, that's all I can say. Like, I mean, and, yeah, because like, it's ridiculous. Why would you apply to so many schools? You're only going to attend one. Especially like I understand that people get fee waivers and stuff like that, but like application fees are fifty to a hundred dollars. That's let's say you apply to ten schools, right? That's five hundred to a thousand dollars in money that you could have put towards tuition for the school that you ultimately decided you could have put that towards textbooks you could have put that towards housing like i think it's kind of like irritating because like once decisions come out like it's not like when somebody rejects from one school like somebody like who got rejected during decisions they're gonna contact them and be like actually we have an opening like that was a spot that you took from somebody that maybe really wanted to go there, I guess, in a way, sort of, kind of. You know? Speaking of taking spots, and y'all are going to be sick because I was sick when I heard this. Oh, boy. There is a college. I, I don't want to say it's UNC because if it's not, that'll be really bad. Also, no one listens to this, so I might as well just say it. But I think I really, really do think it's it's either William & Mary or UNC. I do not know which one. If it's not either of those, then, like, I apologize. Sorry to y'all. But basically... <laughs> Who at UNC or William & Mary is checking you? Like, actually, period. Yeah. So, <laughs> one, whatever college it was, fault, like, mistakenly sent out, I think, like, 500 to 600 acceptance letters to people who didn't get in. <gasps> yeah. How? <laughs> How? And it was, like, a top university. How did that happen? I don't know how it happened. I just know, I remember asking my mom because there was an article about it. I don't know how, if it was resolved, but I was like, they can't just take that away from people because like you did say that they got in. What and I was like, what's do? the process? Say JK. It's so like, I was like, that is so sick because if I got into a school by accident, I actually, I think I got into UMBC on accident. What? Okay, wait, story time. Okay, so when I first applied, <laughs> oh, okay. when I first applied out of high school, because I'm going to blame it honestly on the atmosphere because I feel like my atmosphere greatly affects like my performance. Like I'm going to say that Mm. my high school actually like sucked the worst. It was super racist. I was fighting the principal and all my peers every day for being racist. So I was not focused on my studies. I was focused on lacrosse and like not being called an inward every day, like just trying to survive basically. And so my GPA was like 3.4, like I think like 3.3, 3.4, but for UMBC, it was like super competitive. So I got deferred in UMBC, but then I applied for the Humanity Scholars Program. And I don't think they knew that I was deferred. So they offered me an interview. And then I got, I like aced the interview and got the scholarship. And then a week later, I got the acceptance letter. <laughs> Please. So I really think something was wrong with the admissions office where they were like, she did get a scholarship. So like, she can't just have the scholarship and not go here. But also... I don't know. Sometimes I lay awake at night and I'm like, do I, am I really supposed to be here right now? Like, what if someone <laughs> finds out and they're like, you're gone? <laughs> but yeah, that's like, that's just supposed to show. It's not about like where you go. It's about like what you do and who you know, because I like slithered my way in. And now I'm like, slithered. I did, I did. And now I'm like doing all this stuff and like having a good time. Right. So I feel like those kids who got like the wrongful acceptance letters just need to like not answer their phone for the next three months and then show up on campus. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not just show up on campus. On yes, <laughs> they say that junior year is the hardest year of high school. But like, I do think that the first semester of senior year beats it out. Like, 
I think yeah. senior year in general is not as difficult because after the first semester, it's literally a breeze. But that first semester is abysmal. And teachers try and teachers will try and scare you and say that, like, if you slack off second semester, you're going to get your application rescinded and all this stuff. And I'm like, unless your grades drop to like D's and F's, they are not rescinding your application. Like, yeah, they're not going to be like, <laughs> oh, you dropped from all A's to all B's. I, like, yeah. After, <laughs> I remember like my senior year after, especially like for being like on the lacrosse team, because the majority of our team were seniors. After Christmas break, when lacrosse team, like lacrosse season picked up, and all we had to do was just show up to school to make it to practice. And then, like, we would go get ice cream and stuff. I was barely Bye. at school. Like, I, I literally, because all I had to do was wake up early enough to mm-hmm. get to my late arrival and then make it to lacrosse. Like, if I didn't go to school that day, I couldn't go to practice. So I was like, as long as I'm at school for more than an hour, I can go to practice. So I was never yeah. really there. Like, second semester, senior year, like, I don't even remember, like, not one thing I did besides, like, put on cleats. Like, there's stuff that happens in your senior year that, like, I mean, they're all, like, these little things that people kind of know about. Like, there's, like, senior skip days, there's senior ditch days where, like, people, like, the entire graduating class literally just doesn't come to school. <laughs> like, Did you do that? I didn't do that. I had a test, uh... and little old me was like, I need to be there for it. <laughs> I, I was don't... never at school, bef- like, after 1030 anyway, so it never mattered to me. I have no, because... I don't think I participated just because... I had like extracurriculars and like college classes to get to and going from high school to the college classes was easiest cuz there was a bus that took us to the uni- to the to the community college. I actually don't remember. I left I only left school in high school once in my entire high school career. Um and once? it was like yeah, we were doing it was like the other like three like classes were doing like standardized testing and stuff like that and they were going to keep the seniors like in random classrooms for like the first like four hours of the school day so um my friends and I left and we went to Chipotle and then we went to get ice cream that's so bizarre Um, you said that because I was about to say like I left me and my best friend Angel we (laughs) left school oh that's ironic isn't it yeah left school because we are like, one of my mentors was um, my English teacher, and she was really cool. She was, like, Afro-Latina, and she, like, loved us, and, like, she would help us with everything. And me and Angel, like, we had our fifth period, so it was after lunch. What me and Angel would do was, like, skip lunch, go to English, put our backpacks down, and then we would drive to the Chipotle 20 minutes up the street, eat Chipotle, and come back, like, before seventh period was over. We did that three times a week. <laughs> I was about to talk about senior skip day, like, because I went to my senior skip day, or I didn't do senior skip day. And I remember I didn't do it because there was a test and my AP Gov teacher, like there was two students out of the class who did skip. And when they came back, she made them retake the test, like a harder version of the test because they skipped. Because she told us like, if you skip on the day of the test, like I'm going to lose respect for you or whatever. That's actually like a lot of teachers did that. Like if they got like word of when senior skip day was supposed to be, they would schedule tests. I was like, y'all are so... Like, y'all are so aggy for this. I don't think you even realize. In her period, she was, like, seventh period, too. So it was, like... Yeah, bro, and, like... And, like, senior skip day was literally at, like, the end of April. (laughs) Like... Yeah, yeah. by then, we're, like, two two weeks away from our final day of classes. Yeah, also, on top of that, I don't actually know how common this is in my school district and in Angel's school district. We, li- we, we were in go, the like, same almost a school month district. before school. So. Yeah, like, yeah, I said mine and yours because we were in the same one. But, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is common for other people, but, like, for us, they let us, like, they let seniors out of school, like, a month before school is over, and they don't tell you that. Like, Yeah, they we were out, too. Like, I don't know what, it, I think, not that our classes ended, but we, our last date, like, our exams, because we had prom, and we had two weeks of school, and then everyone else was in school for, like, three you weeks. You were still we just, in school after prom yeah we were in we were in school after prom for like two weeks and then everyone else was in school for like three more weeks and we just had to show up again for graduation yeah and in Kainoa and I's school district usually your last day is like the first or second week of May and then Uh prom and graduation are near the end of May then everyone else is there till like June yeah wait I'm I you know what's crazy hmm 
I just said whoa because I was like y'all were in high school during May because I'm so used to not being in school during May but I literally used to have my birthdays like my birthday is the last day of May I used to have my birthdays in school that's so crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah college all of a sudden but yeah it's weird to go past May go somewhere that makes you happy go places because like everybody like talks them <laughs> back up. to our topic and all of the information that you need for your school is on their website like the schools don't really have necessarily anything to hide like and you can honestly go down youtube wormholes too and like look at the stories of people who actually go there and stuff like that but when it comes to your school like look at their academics look at like their like look at their extracurriculars look at their student life when you're going for undergrad because like you want a good balance of like good like invigorating and like and like challenging academics and interesting academics and also like an enjoyable and like strong student life like you want to go somewhere that has like a like vibrant student body realistically you get more out of college in every aspect besides academics like yeah the academics are important for your career but you get so much more like experience wise from everything else you do there so you I'm want telling to pick right now, that has that everyone's wanting the same things you are right now everyone, not a single person. one of my like best friends from college is in the same like academic like same. program as I am hey. like, and your like your <laughs> friends academics are so secondary to everything else y'all do I'll be like hey remember the time that like Remember the time that Sally jumped in that trash can back, like, behind the, like, bubble tea shop? (laughs) And, like, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. And I guarantee you, sometimes I sit there and, like, do my friends even go to class? Like, (laughs) like, a lot of my friends didn't. And a lot of my friends also were spin majors, so I understand why. (laughs) That's the other thing. Like, yeah, college, like, really just, like, you're going to have so much more free time. You're going to have so much more, like, you're going to have so much more flexibility in your schedule. And, like, by and large, you're going to be treated like an adult. So, your like, friendships, in my opinion, and I'm not going to discount K through 12 friendships. I think some of them are valuable. I still have a few friends from, like, high school and middle school that I keep in touch with. Uh, but in my opinion, most of the important friendships you make will be in college. Because literally. for the first time, you are making friends, not because you're with them for six hours a day, but because you have common interests. You join the same club. You took the same class. You're in the same department, maybe if you're lucky. Most of the time, it'll be because you join the same extracurricular. You got a mutual friend, yeah. something or the other. And this is where you find out who you are and the people that are like you. So this is, these are where your important friends are going to be. So pick a place that gives you the chance to explore your interests a little bit more. And on top of choosing your friends, you're choosing friends that you know you're going to be around all the time. So you're going to be more careful in your choices after like first, first semester of freshman year like is honestly a joke don't take it don't like anyone you meet first semester like kind of just put it on your backpack and just zip it up and like wait till second semester to see if they pop out again because everyone's kind of just like floating around unless you're like me and Kainoa who have been insufferable since yeah also I'm not saying that like I'm not saying like because like a lot of people say like oh you don't go to like you go to school to go to school like you don't you shouldn't be going to school for the social life or like that's not like I don't think that because like your social life shouldn't be like your top priority that that means that it is not a priority at all because let's be honest here like colleges wouldn't be set up the way that they do like the way that they are if people didn't value the social aspect experience like yeah, yeah. unless like, you wouldn't have a, like a wanted... lazy river if they valued academics <laughs> if they yeah. were just worried about academics you wouldn't really need all of the other stuff that they you do in college need you dorms. could go to strayer like <laughs> you wouldn't need dorms it'd be a community college if yeah if colleges were the way like if colleges were solely for academics they would either be commuter colleges or they would be online yeah. like go to strayer <laughs> Yeah, but like, you know, people like going to university because they like the university experience. People mm-hmm. like meeting friends, people like doing like club activities, people like going like going bar hopping in college towns and people like going like shopping with their friends or going on trips and stuff like that. Not people going on like trips. hanging <laughs> people like ah people like uh. hanging out in dorms and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's little things about the college experience that make it appealing. And oh. like, I know that's why I wanted to go to a university. So like, let's 
you know, like there's nothing wrong with admitting that it's part of the experience, but you know, your academics should play into it as well. At the end of the day, you're paying tens of thousands of dollars to go there. So like, make sure that you're getting a good academic experience out of it as well. Yeah. And I'll, and I'd like to like one last thing, because you mentioned earlier about going on YouTube wormholes. I love watching videos about people's college experience, but two things I will offer. The first thing is do not watch videos of people who are not in your exact demographic because they're going to be treated differently than you are. So like for me, I'm a black girl, right? So I'm not going to be watching a bunch of like white girls being like, what to bring to college or how to navigate social circles at college because they're moving through or that like space. Or like Greek life. Yeah. So like they're moving through that space way differently. So you know, whatever yeah. demographic you fall into, whatever identities you have, try and specifically search either on Twitter or YouTube stories or videos like from someone who matches you almost exactly because they're moving through the space how you will most likely move through it or like will be mm-hmm. perceived there. The second thing mm-hmm. I will say is that UMBC had almost no student videos made about their experience there. And the, old, the one video they did have was from five years ago. So if I... you do run across a college that does not have a good YouTube presence, does not do not let that be a like identifying marker of if that school's good or not. Like if there's no like day in the life of UMBC or wherever you're going to go, I think that would be even more of a good sign because people don't feel the need to make videos bashing the school or people don't need mm-hmm. to feel the need to make videos being like, this is what you should know because they've had negative experiences. Like I came to UMBC and I, the only negative experience I've had was not because of the university was because of certain people and like you cannot control the people there. So unless you want to like find dirt on the university, if you're also, if you're looking for dirt on the university and you find find like a speck of dirt, like just don't go because that speck will turn into like a mound the second you're really involved there. So do not let like a lack of internet presence deter you from whatever school you're going to pick because that honestly is a good sign that people don't feel the need to warn you Mm. in a sense. Also, one thing that I think like, cause again, not again, but my college decision was based on like going to the campus and I really like the energy there. So if Mm -hmm. you can, if you can, I know this isn't always possible, but if you can ferret, find a way to go to the campus because sometimes you can go to a space and you just know this isn't going to work or this is going to work. Yeah. That happened to my friend who applied for a school in, um, another school in Maryland close by and they have like a they have like a deaf studies program and like this wasn't something that you would have picked up from like reading about it but like she got there she listened to the people in the program that she wanted to apply to talk about it and she was like I can't go here so like sometimes those college tours are really valuable yeah Mm -hmm. I remember the like my tour of UMBC I remember exactly like it was very cold, like there were no trees on campus. It was during January. I remember the exact song I was listening to on the tour. Like if you go to a college tour and like it, you really love it. I see a lot of people like who apply to multiple schools, they try and like balance out like how they feel or like be like, well, this school was like this and they make pros and cons charts. I would say honestly for me that overcomplicates things. Like I toured, I applied to Hofstra University in New York, UMBC, Loyola, Maryland. Um, I played to Lynchburg, like, which is a small rural area in Virginia. That sounds like a mm-hmm. terrible idea. It, no, because I, I was, I got scholarships from there to go to lacrosse. Like, they really were begging me to go, and I just hated how, like, rural. It's and, called like, Lynchburg. Yeah. That's one of yeah. those, like, that, also, but for anybody who ever took the SAT or the PSAT, that's one of them schools that, like, be begging you to come to their campus. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like. Yeah, they will just throw themselves at you. But I applied to that, and I think I applied to some other school that I didn't get into. I can't remember exactly. I think it was probably like GW or something, but I applied to, I got into all those schools and I went to tour all of them. And literally like the way that like, if you have fun on your tour, it's because of the atmosphere they're creating for you. But if you go on your tour Mm -hmm. and even like a week afterwards, you're like, man, like you're picturing yourself, like walking through the campus, you're picturing like your future friends do not even think about it like that's the school you need to go to because of course every school's tour is going to like try and be fun and like laid back and create like this perfect world but if you don't picture yourself actually there within like five minutes of leaving don't go because you're just it's a false reality that they've created for you definitely yeah for sure for sure i didn't tour most of the schools that i like applied to because 
aside from UMBC and UMD, I applied all out-of-state schools because um, I honestly didn't want to go to school in state either. Um, that wasn't something that I was, like, super-duper into. And I had spent a lot of time, like, through, like, over the years at UMD for different programs that I had done. So I knew a lot about the environment on the campus, but I'm not going to hold you. I wasn't super eager to go there. I applied because that's kind of like the big school for anyone who lives in Maryland. Um, that's like the school everyone applies to pretty much. If you plan to go in school, to, go to school in Maryland, most people will apply to UMD, which is interesting because despite its reputation, it's actually a terrible school for everyone hates it there. Yeah, like they really sink or swim you at that school and the dorms are dusty. Yeah, their dorms are jail cells, and no matter what your major is, they're going to weed you out within two weeks. <laughs> I did a program there one summer. I like spent three weeks on their campus. I was living in the dorm. I got lucky. I was living by myself. But dorms at UMBC, UM, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm spoiled because I live at UMBC where we have suites. But their dorms are communal style. Like a week after I left, there was a case of mold in one of the dorms on the campus. And there was an issue with somebody like attacking people on a bus. And I was like, what is happening there? It's, first of all, yeah. it's the middle of July. It, like every time I hear about the school, it's nothing good. Like my freshman year of college, there was like a whole issue where they accepted way too many students than they could house. That's what <laughs> Howard just did. Mm-hmm. Howard accepted like 6,000 Howard has done students. that a couple times, yeah. Howard doesn't care. I'm sorry. They just don't also, care about them. I'm going I'm to say this here um, for all of my minority people who are listening. If you are a minority, you better look at those schools' demographics and you better <laughs> figure it out. And like, don't even like, don't only just look at those demographics because the demographics are really important and like they can play a big role in. Like, I'm telling you, like, if the demo, if it's like mostly white people, but they have like all POC on their flyers, it's a trap. <laughs> also, like, when you're looking and stuff like that, look at the extracurriculars. Do they have clubs for people? Like, do they have clubs for people that are like you? Do they have cultural organizations? Do they have like do they have like black Greek life if you're a black person and you want to go? And I'm telling you, if you, I, and this is just like another thing, like if you want, if you're a black student and you're looking for a school that has good black Greek life, um, you're very, very unlikely to find that outside of an HBCU. So I hope that helps you narrow down your search because like there are black, like there are black fraternities and sororities outside of HBCUs, but like it's just not the same. Like the culture is just not at all the same. So like you're going to, if you're yeah. looking, if you're, you're looking for to to like, like a top that, PWI for that. Yeah. If you're looking for like that, that awesome, like black Greek life experience, then definitely like, you know, I think it would probably not make as much sense to look somewhere that's not an HBCU for that because it's just, it's simple. The history is not there. Like, Mm-hmm. but anyway that was a side note literally just like look at like look at how your school is showing up for students of color try and maybe like look for like news and whatnot to see if there are any like recent incidents of like acts of intolerance or racial injustice yeah. and how your school handled them because That's, and also like, those things ask, are important you can ask because that was the other school Towson I literally was almost about to go to Towson mm-hmm. whenever Tully went to my dad and I like made sure that we asked their like student panel like how they handle racism just point blank and we mm-hmm. all right then no but like that's how that's how you get your answers because yeah. they don't know who you yeah. are and they'll forget your face so you you're, can, right. you're really safe so we just asked like we asked the black girl on the student panel and we were like how does Towson handle racism and she literally gave us the most vague answer ever my dad was like that's your answer right there like they don't handle it because if they were handling it well she would have been like I feel safe here blah blah blah, blah. like you don't have anything to worry about if they weren't handling it well, it was either like going to be vague or just kind of like, um, it could, you know, like things are going to happen. But she was like, I mean, like Towson is diverse and like there are many opportunities here for students of color to get involved. So if they like, if you just point blank ask them, that what is you not, want, that was not the question. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you can tell by their answer, like how you're going to be treated here, like how administration will handle you when you go. And but, you know, that's yeah. kind of ironic because that university does have a lot of students of color and especially a lot of black students. Because, yeah. Like, and they handle it really well. I don't want to bash, but 
they could do a lot of universities could do a lot better because they having a diverse population does not mean that the faculty is diverse or knows how to handle the diverse population yeah nor does it mean like recognize when your school is using their diversity as a bragging point and like when they're using it as like something that they're proud of and something that they celebrate and something that they make space for because like if your school like for example like umbc like the the majority demographic at umbc is white but it's less than 50 percent of the school's population and like umbc has an entire like board of like faculty for diversity and inclusion there are several centers on campus for student and for students and staff that came not to mention they have a whole like department for cultural orgs there's so many of them yeah like there's a lot like there's a lot of space made for diversity and inclusion at a school like umbc so if your school is like celebrate that isn't something that umbc really talks about a lot they're not like yeah we're a super super diverse school like you might hear students say that i'm not gonna lie to y'all like i was i read the demographics but i was actually surprised to see how diverse umbc was and how celebrated the diversity was yeah, um, I barely see white people on campus, and the only white people I saw were forced to see me because they were my roommates. Not forced like, to see you, and that's that's the truth. So, but like, we are yeah. running. Now we we are not running out of anything because we don't have a time. <laughs> but I will. I do want to circle back to the HBCU thing and say because I saw this on TikTok and I heavily agree because I did apply to an HBCU, mm-hmm. and Howard being the absolute like garbage disposal that it is with applications like didn't get back to me ever but when you're applying to hbcus like if you do one that greek life there are more hbcus than um (laughs) howard there's more hbcus hbcus than tsu like there's yeah your options are not howard spellman morehouse Morehouse. clark like (laughs) like, yeah so, like, I if you want to go to an HBCU, you'll probably have an easier time getting in and have even a better experience going to one that's lesser known because people who are there want to be there as well. And they probably have a better community than people who are at Howard. And I honestly will say that if people who go to Howard because it's so hard to get in, like, like the fact that they didn't lose your application, like the fact that you're there, like people who go to Howard and go <laughs> to these top HBCUs that are like really popular they are going to have more elitist attitudes, so you might feel outcasted mm-hmm. even as a Black person if you go. Yeah. yeah. Like, for example, like, you know, the state in the country with the most HBCUs is Alabama. Neither of the four schools that I had just mentioned that are, like, the really, like, the schools with, like, reputations and stuff like that are in that state. So, Three like, of them are in Georgia. Yeah, fam. And, like, <laughs> fam, yes. Like, they're like Three of them are in Georgia within five minutes other. from each other. Yeah, like yeah. So my like, friend there's... goes to Clark. She's always on Morehouse. My friends go to North Carolina A and T, and like I have a friend there too. Well, technically no my friend's brother. I have a friend there <laughs> yes. as well. <laughs> <Yelling>. <laughs> this was a very, this was a good conversation. It was our take seven of this. We have been trying very <laughs> hard to get it together. <laughs> yeah, like four. We've been, we were supposed to film this at 10.30, and it's 12.31 it's 12 right now. Yep. Um, we started at, like, 11.30-ish, maybe. Yeah, I think 11.30 uh, instead of 10.30. Now it's midnight 30. Not midnight. <laughs> but, yeah, this was a great conversation, and I will be doing some edit in post, as Angel would say. Wow. Just because... Well, yeah, just because we had, a lot of technical, <laughs> we had a lot of technical difficulties in the beginning of the recording, just can't go in the podcast. So, um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cut it out. And also, I really like when I say it's been a long time since I've done this. Like, I don't know what to say anymore. Do y'all have any reporting words? Yeah, I just want to say um, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just want to say thanks again for letting us on today. We had a great time as always. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you all for here. listening to us scream about like college and stuff like that. Us for any of Kainoa. my <laughs> literally Kainoa yes. being so angry. <laughs> for any of my rising high school seniors, congratulations on making it to your yeah. last year. You're Ooh. almost out. For anybody who is, and just for anybody who is about to enter their college admissions process, best 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 of luck to you and make sure gems from this yes spend your time like really like narrowing it down making those decisions because 
that's four years for you and that's like your money and that's like your like energy towards your future okay. so make sure that you really make it count okay okay i don't On know a completely we'll unrelated note um just once again kainoa and i i'm angel kainoa we are from One Brain Cell, Two Bodies. You can listen to yes. our podcast on any major platforming sites, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Also, Anchor. Uh, if you want to mm-hmm. check us out on social media, our Twitter and Instagram are 1BC2BDS. The one and the two are spelled out. And if you uh, keep yeah. your eyes open, we will be dropping an announcement on social media in the next like week or so. Yes. Um, so yeah, we upload on the 1st and 15th of every month, but we're currently on our seasonal break. We just finished mm-hmm, season two mm-hmm. and we'll be back on June we hibernating. 15th. <laughs> hibernating, yeah, for like a month. But we'll be back. So if you want to check out season one or two, it's on all the platforms that are listed and then some. So yeah. Yeah, and I'll also just be tagging their page as well. So if you couldn't write all that down, like you'll just get it on their Instagram page as well. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for listening. I know this was very chaotic, but you know, that's kind of how things roll around here because I don't know how to edit. So yeah. um, I'm figuring it out though. I'm figuring it's it okay, out. It's okay, you got this. Yeah. Um, if this ends up choppy as heck and like really bad, like I don't know what to say to y'all. Like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna click around on my little computer for two hours, and yeah, when you listen to this, I hope it's I hope it brings you guidance, wisdom, etc. Yeah. yeah. Thank All you right. for having us, and we hope to have you on One Brain Cell Two Bodies again soon. Maybe yes. Can't wait. Pleasure What's the topic? Can I know? Well, we don't know yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the brain cell hasn't generated that. Well, <laughs> the nucleus needs to do some work. Not <laughs> the mitochondria. <laughs> No, the mitochondria have been lacking lately. We damn near almost out of ATP. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. That's why we're taking this seasonal break. Um, we'll come back with a whole new set of uh, ATP. It'll be fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Shout out to NRFB Podcast. Yay. Yay. <laughs> no. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hi, you made it to the blooper section of this episode. As we said before, we've been trying to record this episode since 10.30 p.m. So here's a blooper from trying to do that. (laughs) Joining from the podcast account. Oh, both of y'all? No, Kaino is going to join from his own, but I will be on the podcast account because that's what's signed in on my iPod. <laughs> oh, so he's going to come in as Tino with Jace again, or whatever it was. He'll come well, in as child. whatever crackheaded name he thinks of. Well, oh, hello. Wait, maybe he's I not, should. He's not showing maybe, up. Yeah, maybe I should leave and come back. Like, maybe you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> and what if I do? You're asking for it. You're dying for it. You can leave and come back if you want, but since we can all hear each other, I don't know if it matters too much. Do you want to leave and come back to me? Did he leave? I don't. I can't. <laughs> Not him leaving! I can't Without tell. a word! <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, he'll come in with whatever crackheaded name he thinks of this time. Every time we record, he has some stupid new name. It's always something out of pocket, too. He can never just come in as Kainoa. And it's even worse because no one can... Yeah, see, no one can even see that Kainoa, and you still came in like that. <laughs> Not you. What do you mean? Shut up. <laughs> it's okay, Nilvene, you'll change it in post, and then nobody will know that he's a crackhead like How do that. I change it in post? Y'all know I don't know how to use Anchor. <laughs> You so can just when you title the name of the recording to not say yeah. recording with big pussy <laughs> <laughs> Just say recording with one brain cell, two bodies. What if I cut this whole thing? <laughs> you can if you want. It's your podcast. I probably will. <laughs> um, or just let them see it as a treat. No. No. <laughs> Stop. You're no, not you know allowed so... to slander the it's... podcast if you keep all of this in.
Oh my god, put it at the end, like bloopers. <laughs> oh my god, I might, I might. I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out ASAP. Oh my god, <laughs> you just cut off the beginning and then move it to the end of the recording screen. To me, you literally, like, I hate the fact that I don't know how to use anger. Like, I can feel <laughs> your anger. I don't hate it. I just think it's a very user-friendly platform, so I think it's funny that you haven't learned how to use it. Because I'm never on it. <laughs> It's like Discord. Like, I don't... Hey, hey, hey. You had a podcast for, like, two solid months. And you recorded way more often than me and Kainoa. So I feel like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Do your little (laughs) intro. Do you have an intro? Hmm? Do you have an intro that you have to do? (laughs) I have my little... I have my little... um, Do-do-do-do-do-do. Like the little song or whatever. I forgot even what it sounds like. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, do your little introductory thing. I don't know how you start your episodes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 